You guys need a bigger screen, by the way, because all I can see is Ben's big head. <laughs> can you? Can you not see me? Okay, how are you in? Hi. Hello, guys, and welcome back to the Not So Fickle podcast. And you are with today, myself and your host. Lucy Davis. And, of course, we've got the big man on the podcast today who is... Go ahead. Who, who am I? Yeah, who are you? Who the fuck are you? I'm Paul fucking Mudd. <laughs> so, what are you saying? <laughs> on today's podcast, we're going to be covering the topic of dealing with criticism and self-criticism. So, before we dive in, I think it's important that we first get a bit of an intro from the big man himself, Mr Moore. So, if you can, Paul, just give us a bit of a... A lowdown, a bit of a background on yourself for, for some of the uh, listeners. How long have we got? <laughs> <laughs> what time do you need? I have quite a long and varied story, um, which has been pretty crazy. My life's been pretty mental, but I've cut to the chase. So uh, I'm Paul Moore. I'm a dad, I'm a husband, and I'm a businessman. I've been self-employed since I was 21, um, built several successful businesses. At 2014, I built my most successful one, lived in Marbella, um, I had a four-bedroom villa with a private pool, but I was suicidal. Um, and then my life transformed again, and I morphed into something different completely since then. So now I, uh, I work with married businessmen who need to get their shit together, and I do so through my best-selling book, through public speaking, international speaking, coaching, etc., etc. So, yeah, that's, uh, that, that's me in a nutshell. Okay, but mate, thanks for that. I also asked Lucy, who is Paul Moore. What do you mean? How, how do you know? How do you know Paul? How do you first get to know Paul? Oh how, well, obviously through your email domination academy, which actually for us and for our business was life changing because you were the person who set up our price. Oh fuck yeah! Oh, well. yeah. yeah, I remember. Um, oh yeah, you ripped us a new arsehole. Yeah, you did yeah. completely rip us a new arsehole. I don't know why I've just said that. That's a big man thing to say. I remember now because it wasn't a general. <laughs> It wasn't no. a general. Oh, you could possibly. Yeah, it, it was a bit. It was a bit intense. But no, we um, were on Paul's email course, which for us in our business completely changed how I guess how we run. Yeah. As well as a business and making sales through good email, yeah. not shit email. But that yeah. that is that's initially how we met. Well, yeah. my, my was, I was, it's funny because I, I used to listen to Paul's podcast and now we've got one of the podcasts, so there's no other ones going around. Um, and that's how I first found out about Paul's email course. And then that's obviously when we started email domination. And that, that for me not only changed things that we were doing with the business, but it also has a lot to do with today's topic. Because obviously with social media and that kind of thing, we, we tend to get a lot of criticism. And I know that you have before as well, Paul. So I think, yeah, from your email course is where, I learned to deal with it quite a lot and also spin it round and use it as a positive and in our favour when dealing with criticism. So I, I know I only threw this topic at you yesterday that we were going to chat about, but I know you're quite an adaptable guy. So with the topic of criticism, it's something that for me in my early years, I would yeah. say, well, like you would say, I was probably a little bit of a snowflake. So, yeah. so I didn't, didn't deal with that, criticism. Everyone goes through, everyone goes through that. Do you yeah. know, because... Anybody that says they don't give a fuck, like, they clearly do, or they yeah. wouldn't be saying it. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody cares what people think. It's like a primal instinct. Yeah. It's how you make... It's often it's how you're going to make decisions and how you're going to... It's like an instinct. Mm-hmm. No, it is an instinct, caring what people think. It's kind of... It probably goes back to some caveman days when it was like, who's the fucking alpha male here? Yeah. Naturally, you weigh other people up. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a subject that I... Funny enough, I didn't really start dealing with it or actually getting much of it until I started being successful. Mm-hmm. 
But the reality is, even when you're not doing much with your light, there's always somebody criticizing you. Yeah. And, and, and I'm so glad you brought up the topic of self-criticism, because if you're not getting it from somebody else, you're certainly giving it to, you, yeah. to yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and it, for me, I, I was talking to a guy about this yesterday, a video guy, he said he's always dealing with his inner critic and he's, he lets him beat himself up and he's asking, he always asks these questions of himself. Like, he has his inner voice, he says, and says, like, who the fuck do you think you are? What, what makes you so special, et cetera, et cetera. And I said, listen, that guy there is there to keep you, so your inner voice, your inner critic's there to keep you humble. Yeah. Like, it's there to keep you on track. It's Because if you get too positive, you start making ridiculous decisions. Yeah. <laughs> For me, that, that self-doubt is perfect. Self-doubt is there to keep you certainty, right? Yeah. Me, if there's no self-doubt, I'm going to do something fucking ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, without that, without that little bit of self-doubt, I, I would make what at the time would be very positive decisions, but I would also fuck some things up. Yeah. Like, yeah. take bigger risks than you need to. And I think a lot of people need, probably could do with taking bigger risks. But for people like us, would make stupid decisions without that kind of negative self-talk. And also, like, you, you can't get caught up in this delusion of positive thinking. Like, not everything should feel positive and, and not everything is just about being positive all the time. Like, a lot of people will they'll beat themselves up when they don't feel positive and then that kind of defeats the object. <laughs> yeah, but that, that's, also, that's also getting that balance, isn't it, between... One, that's all it is. That's the word, yeah. right thing. Getting that's that balance between... Right obviously, thing. self-criticism, because you can be so negative to yourself and beat yourself up to the point where... I know for me, when I first started doing video shit and putting out content yeah. I'd criticise my own stuff or I'd be so critical that I wouldn't produce yeah. because I was like being too much of a perfectionist or I was listening to what some dickhead like Kenny had said on a video where I was, yeah. I was talking about something and he'd give me a load of abuse and that sticks in the head for when I next go to produce content again yeah. so I suppose that's the balance between self-criticism and self-improvement yeah. and, and criticising yourself for that, for that avenue criticism was telling you exactly where you needed to get better what's that? What if your self-criticism, right, mm-hmm. is like an alarm clock to tell you where you could improve? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, how would you, without that voice, like, how would you know how to improve? Like, when people say, oh, I'm not good enough, I'm like, well, how will you know when you're good enough? Like, yeah. I'm happy. When my inner critic's like, oh, you're not good enough, I'm like, great, how do I get better then? Like, you know, I think the problem is not with the self-critic, it's like thinking there's something wrong with the self-critic. Yeah, yeah. It's not going anywhere. Like, people are like, oh, how do I stop negative thoughts? I'm like, well, you're not going to. They're going to, it's part of the balance. It's like, yeah, it's like, again, it's that, that thing that's keeping you neutral is where the win is, right? Most people are like either here or here. Like, and I was, I was diagnosed bipolar and I was, a, I was a, a amazing example of this. I was either here or here. Mm-hmm. Now, what I find is that if I'm neutral, that's where I get the best results because that's where I'm present. That's where I'm most present when there is some self-doubt there, when there is some self-critic. Like, that's, that's for me, the biggest problem is thinking that you shouldn't think those thoughts. Mm-hmm. Thinking that there's something wrong with not feeling good enough. Yeah, 100%. Like, like again, I'm like, well, okay, if, you, if people are struggling with, I'm not good enough. It's like, okay, well, what is good enough and how will you know when you're good enough? Yeah. Most people don't even know what the standard is. So they're setting an expectation that will never be met because they don't know what good enough is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. When people say to you, I want to lose weight, first thing you say to them is usually how much? Yeah, 100%. And if they don't know, if they don't know they'll never hit the target. There's no target. There's no standard. So it's like, okay, how will I know when I'm good enough in video? 
How all I know when I'm good enough to put out content? Well, when you start doing it, or when when what is good enough? Do you, do you know what I mean? It's yeah, like, yeah. 100%. The biggest problem is people think these thoughts or this critic or this self doubt shouldn't exist, so they try and crush it instead of just being like, "Oh, that it's you again." Yeah. Great. I'm glad you're here. Well, then that depends what what type of person you are as well, though, isn't it? When dealing with self criticism, because if you're already like not a really confident person you're getting yeah. especially when it's coming from like external it yeah. puts that self doubt in your head and then you do criticise yourself even more yeah. and it's, yeah. it's difficult the with... thing is mate and I love that you're saying that about confidence because confidence is still it's like that's created as well mm-hmm. like I'm often well do you need to be confident to do that or do you just need to do it without confidence a lot of things you have to do with self doubt there do you know what I mean it's not going anywhere. The, the only way to get over it is to get over it. Yeah, and do so it. Like, yeah. like, you don't, I'm like, do you have to feel confident to do a video or do you just need to do it? Yeah. Or how will you know when you feel confident? Well, that's it. It's through, it's through repetition, isn't it, that you build that confidence it's, as well? It is. It is. I love that, yeah. And, and belief for me comes from benchmark. So it, the, the only thing you can do is, is, for me, when it comes to confidence, what people really want, it's not a confidence issue, it's a certainty issue, right? They want to be sure. It's not that they can't do it. It's not that they think they can't do it. It's usually that they want to be sure that they can definitely do it. They want to be sure that everything's going to be okay. They want to be certain that no one's going to criticize them. They want to be certain that it's going to be perfect. So for me, it's often not even a confidence thing. It's they are looking for certainty. And the only place to get certainty is through action. Yeah. Well, it's exactly the same mate, when we did the email course. It, it wasn't that we didn't know how to send the email. It was just, oh, yeah. should or shouldn't we do it? Because... It might not work or it might not be perfect, and it was just taking action. Yeah. And and yeah, you're gonna like we learned from your course, you're probably gonna piss some people off. Because I remember one of the weeks was like, I fucking had these two guys with me on my back, like telling me how much of a wanker I am. And remember, I actually said to you, because remember the those PTs sent those messages around <laughs> yeah. gym, and like they were like messaging like, oh you you guys are in a, a pure gym. How dare you What's sleep that group? PTs? How dare you sleep know. PTs, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I remember asking you, like, how to deal with it. And you're like, it's fucking, that's what you want. You want to be being yeah. talked about and use that as content or material. I'm, like, I'm, I'm almost in the position now where I'm like, oh, thank you. I'm, I'm just glad you're paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, glad you paid that much attention to me emails that you allowed it to trigger you. Yeah. And, th- and the thing is, when people feel like, get offended by stuff like this, right? All they're really doing is they're trying to blame the way that they feel on mm. you. And that's what offended is. It's like, I feel offended, therefore I want you to take responsibility for me choosing to feel that way. It's yeah. a mad thing. But it's, it's, like, thing. it's like that thing that whenever you're putting up content or putting stuff out, especially when you're getting criticised on social media, yeah. you're almost yeah. holding a mirror up to someone else, aren't you? And then it makes them look at themselves and then they yeah. attack the thing that make them feel that way. So that's well, why that, that, here's what I, I mean, listen, I've had, I've had two death threats. I've had people threaten to stab my family and shit, right? Like, my kids. No shit. It's literally just people. Some people are just fucking idiots, right? Yeah. And, but, and again, I do realise that I say some things that will trigger some people. But all I'm doing is expressing my beliefs. And when people get so offended and so triggered by this shit, I'm like, all they're doing is... I've said something that challenges what they believe to be true. Mm-hmm. And you've got to consider there are people in the world who believe in what they believe so strongly that they'll attach a fucking backpack and blow themselves up. Yeah. That's how powerful beliefs can be, right? So when somebody gets triggered by something that I've said, all they're doing is defending their beliefs. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're supposed to do. That's what people do. Like, I'm like, I defend my beliefs sometimes as well. So that's why I don't really get involved with arguments because I'm like, 
there's no winner because I'm trying to change someone's beliefs. That's very difficult. Mm-hmm. Some people have believed this shit for so long, and some people, it's often, the, the, the worst part is, I wrote an email about this today, is some people, their identity is being challenged. So when people yeah. come to me, you struggle with mindset, depression, mental health, and that, and listen, depression just doesn't happen, right? You are doing something, thinking something, watching something, taking something in, right? That is, you're creating the emotion of depression, right? People get triggered by that. Mm-hmm. Because often, uh, look, I mean, not luckily, I've, tr- I've changed thousands of people's lives through teaching them this shit, right? Thousands of people. And that's only gonna get bigger. And, but some people get very challenged by that because their identity is being challenged because a lot of people, and this is harsh as fuck, but it was me, this is how I know, because I was this guy. I didn't want to get better when I was struggling because then I wouldn't get the attention that I got anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't get the affection, the extra care, the extra love. That I didn't know how else to get it back then, right? 2014, I didn't know how else to get it. And almost bipolar became part of my, um, it became part of my identity. And when your identity gets challenged, you're gonna fucking blow up. Mm-hmm. You're gonna blow up. That's why people lose their shit so much. Either you're challenging their beliefs, they're just defending them, or you're challenging their identity, and that's when it goes next level hate, stalker yeah. level hate. Yeah. Well, so I mean, every, everyone at the end of the day as well, no matter what people say or I don't give a shit about what other people think, everyone at the end of the day likes Ed. to be likes to be liked by people. Yeah. It's just I think it's just part of human nature, and that's why I always go back to because we get a lot with like gym stuff as well, like people yeah. looking at them, staring at them in the gym, anxious, stress, anxiety, that kind of thing, because yeah. people just want to be accepted and liked by other people who are yeah. in that who are in that environment. Yeah. And I always go back to. I remember a quote that Jamie Alden was talking about, and it's about the the old woman in the burn and building quote. So yeah. there's a, there's an old woman in a burn and building, and whether you decide to rescue it or not, there's yeah. always going to be someone who thinks you're a dickhead, no matter what decision you make yeah. of it. Yeah. So you just got to be able to deal with it and and accept that no matter what you do, not everyone's going to like you, whether you're positive. Yeah. Well, the, the, the same thing happens with suicide. Again, it's a fucking morbid subject, right? But we deal with a lot of it in this town because we've got cliffs here, right? Yeah. There's someone over there, and I live opposite them. Someone over there, like I'd say, once every two weeks. Jesus. Someone, at least once a week, somebody they're trying to jump, but I'd say that at least once a fortnight, somebody's over, right? Mm-hmm. So we deal with it a lot. But you got some people that are like that's selfish, and some people are like that's courageous. Yeah. Yeah. Two I hours. don't know which one it is. I don't, I don't particularly want to give my opinion on which one it is, but some people will say one thing, some people will say another thing, and all it is is it, it's perspective. And one thing that changed for me, I'm actually talking about it at Wembley this week, is that one thing that changed for me is I just realized that everybody's just trying their best. Mm-hmm. Everybody's doing their best. It's got nothing to do with us. Like what somebody else does hasn't really got anything to do with me, and all we're trying to do is feel good. Yeah. That's all we're trying to do. All, we, we use training to feel good. Some people use trying to make other people feel bad to feel good, yeah. right? So it's always about them. It's never about us. And one thing I want to say on the worry about other people will think thing, especially when you go in gyms and show that, nobody else gives a fuck mm-hmm. about you. And do you know why they don't give a fuck about you? They're too busy worrying what you think of them. Oh, no uh, shit, yeah, no. never looks at it that way, actually. Yeah, they too. Yeah. Honestly, I, you'll, I went on a course once where you were sat down. I, I can't remember the exact 
words of it. I kind of wish I did because I would steal the shit out of this exercise. <laughs> the great exercise, I, I kind of, I actually left the course two days early because it was weird as fuck, right? Super weird. Maybe I wasn't ready to hear everything that I heard then. But anyway, this exercise was like you sat next to, everyone sat next to each other. Like there was someone on you, like back to back and there was someone side to side. And it was like, you started thinking about what other people thought of you. And then I was like, well, everyone's just thinking the same thing here. Yeah. <laughs> so you got four people, right? You got three people, sorry. Actually four. Me, one person here, one person here, one person behind, and they're like and, and the whole exercise was about thinking about what people think of you. But every and, and what I got was that everyone's just thinking the same thing. Regardless of what we think about them, they're also thinking about what we they think about oh yeah. that's happening. Do you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. That was that was one of the biggest things for me when I was working for the police like five years ago. Yeah. I was like walking the streets, whatever, and I left my old job. I spoke about in the last podcast because of stress and anxiety. But for me, when I was doing that job, most of the public are probably worrying about oh, what's he thinking, what's he doing, blah blah blah, what actions he's going to take. Whereas I was worried about because I was like in the limelight of situations and scenarios, and people were expecting me to deal with something there and then. I was always worrying about well, what are other people thinking about the decision I make, the perception of the public, like other things, and that's everyone what got on top of me in that way. I mean, everyone has a different filter, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone uses a different filter. Yeah, 100%. that's all it is. And, and it's funny, you know, because I was talking about this the other day. This is kind of irrelevant, but also your filter is different depending on where your energy's at. Yeah, how crazy is that? Like, this is why I say to people, listen, one of the worst things you can do first thing in the morning is check your phone. Yeah, wait until, you, wait until your state is better. Wait until you've actually put yourself in what Robbins would call peak state. Mm-hmm. Like prime your state. Get maybe a little workout in. Get a cold shower in. Get your breathing exercises done. Get your journaling done. Get your study done. And then look at your phone. And I'm guaranteeing you, the filter you've got on is completely different. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. 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 It's like, like I remember October last year, right? I was, I was sitting down here having a fucking meltdown, right? Not a massive one. I've been to Dubai, right? Had a fucking amazing week. And we came back. And I felt like shit, and I was, I, I was like, do you know when you've got so much work to do, but you haven't got the energy to do it, and you, but you want to do it? Like, I've had that this week, I'm like, fucking hell, I'm excited, I've got all this shit going on, but I haven't been well, right? Yeah. And then usually I battle with that, but, and then I'd be like, fucking hell, my life's so shit. It hasn't happened this week, but October. And I was like, the only difference is, my life was exactly the same, all that was different was my physical energy. Yeah. <laughs> My life was exactly the same as it was a week before, even like the day before. <laughs> but the next day, because my energy was different, my filter was like, it was like covered in shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, my life's so shit. And it's like, it was mad. But my life was exactly the same, but my filter was just different yes. based on energy. Yeah. So that was, your, that, was your, that was your perception of the situation. Like, right? I get that so bad because yeah. I'm a super, I'm not as bad as I was, but I'm a super anxious person. Yeah. And... It was like, was it the start of the year that I ended up even having an operation on my stomach because my anxiety was so bad? Because, like, I had such bad, like, pains in my stomach. Because I used to... Because, obviously, what anxiety is, you're thinking about a scenario that's not true, that that's never, ever happened. So that was, like, the hardest thing to get around, especially with social media, I think, like, as, like, a younger woman as well. Yeah. In the industry that we're in, it's a bit, like, intense, isn't it? Well, that YouTube the fucking worst. YouTube is really critical. Like, people are just, like... It's like a black hole. I'm like, where have you come from? (laughs) But I just... Like, listen, people that spend a lot of time on YouTube, yeah. Time on porn tube as well. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's very, and YouTube's very faceless, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can hide. You can hide yeah. quite easily. That's why they do it. YouTube, yeah. yeah. 
yeah. It's an interesting thing. But anxiety, listen, I get that because I used to have fucking giant... I've had... I've been so fucked up, and you might have heard this story before. I was flying to Chicago for my friend's wedding. I'm four hours into the flight, and I'm like, I watch a film, and it, it was fine, right? It was all fine. I, I, I upgraded a business class. It was fucking incredible. Chilling. And I watched this film, and it was something to do with, like, families, right? And it was quite emotional. And I, I was like, I need a text. I want to ring the kids now. And then I realized I was in the air. I like, I can't ring the kids. I can't even fucking text them. I've got another four hours this flight, and I just fucking lost it. Like, lost it. And it got so bad. And the problem is, they were like, are you on any meds? And at the time, I was still on bipolar meds. I was like, on bipolar meds. And then they just start, they started panicking as well. They're like, are you feeling violent? (laughs) I don't think you really understand what bipolar is. But I don't don't feel violent. But if you ask me that again, maybe I will feel. (laughs) Anyway, they ended up, right, ringing a doctor. So there you have those satellite phones. Ringing a doctor, saying, what meds can he take? They opened this briefcase up. Honestly, it was like Mission Impossible. (laughs) On the plane. Meds out. They sedated me. I slept for the rest of the flight. And I had to catch a connecting flight to... um, where was it? To Syracuse, which is like New York State, right? And uh, I was two hours early for that flight. I was in the gate and I missed a flight. I was so sedated. I was fucked up. And then that was a moment where I was like, I need to get a handle on this anxiety thing. Now it's oh not, it's really, it's not, a, um, it's not an issue for me. And all anxiety is, is, two, is a combination of two things. One, your physiology, right? Yeah. When, like when people say to me, I'm on fucking, I'm, I'm taking pre-workouts and I'm on, I'm drinking loads of coffee and that. I'm like, and you've got anxiety? Yeah. And you get anxiety, you're, you're, you're actively taking something that's a stimulant. And you think about it, how much energy have you got when you're anxious? Oh, my oh, God. I feel like you're going to explode. <laughs> when I call our lads in boxing fights, right, they're like, oh, Paul, I'm going to have a Red Bull. I'm like, mate, you don't need a Red Bull. Trust me. Oh, but I'm, I feel really tired. I'm like, mate, once they announce your name, I'm going to guarantee you they have enough energy. Yeah. yeah. Not drink fucking red. Yeah. <laughs> One guy did it and he quit on the first round because he started having a panic attack. Quit on his stool. Really? Yeah. yeah. I said, I told you not to have the fucking red bull, mate. All that happens is your heart rate's gone too high and yeah. your body's confusing discomfort with danger. And then the other thing, and this was my biggest breakthrough anxiety, is that what you focus on grows. So if I focus on a situation that creates anxiety for me, I'm going to get more of it. Yeah. Yeah. So here's how I fixed it, right? No shit. All I have to have now on flights and in any situation is I have to have something that focuses my mind. Yeah. So people are telling you to meditate. Trying to meditate when you're anxious, it's not going to happen. Oh, my God. That's what literally... that Everyone's like, oh, use the um, apps and stuff. I was like, no, because then I just think about it more. (laughs) It's not enough to hold your attention. Yeah, yeah. So when I go on a flight, I have movies, I have books, I have magazines, I have apps on my phone, I have TV shows, I have all sorts, like I have a journal and I write and I have to have, if that holds my attention, for example, football manager was my big one, right? If I play football manager, <laughs> I'm full focused on it, I don't have fucking time to be honest. Yeah. And that's how, no shit, and that's how I fix my phobia of the dentist. Yeah. So I used to have to get sedated to have a filling, right? Just a filling, sedated, sedated to get a gum shield made, no shit. That's how bad it was, the anxiety for me. Five weeks ago, I had huge surgery on my mouth where I needed... Do you know that bit of skin that connects your lip to your gum? Yeah. I had it removed, right? I had bone... I had a bone graft in my gum, and then I had two huge, like, wall plugs put in my mouth so they can put... screw two teeth in. I did all of that without sedation just because... Not because of anything other than I was able... I'm able to now take my attention on my focus on something other than all that shit that's in my mouth. Yeah. 
So I'll either watch Netflix, listen to a podcast, or in the dentist's case, I'm like, listen, bro, this was a new dentist as well, by the way. It wasn't my old dentist. They fucked me around. I said, listen, dude, I get a bit ex- I get so excited about being the dentist that sometimes I get up and walk out. <laughs> I'm sweating, right? And I just said, what I need you to do is I need you to talk to me through the entire process. This is like a one-hour surgery, by the way. We, Leslie came with me and she said, Paul, I didn't want to say anything, but I could see the bones in you. Like, oh. I could see your whole jaw. It was that open, she could see my whole jaw. I didn't know this, because obviously, it's numb. Yeah, yeah. And can you talk to me the whole time? And I said, here's why. I can't concentrate on your voice and exactly what you're saying and concentrate on the shit that I hate at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I was... I was yeah. And it's so simple, yeah. people don't believe me. I might want to try it. Next time you go... The only time we're anxious is usually when we're in the future as well, by yeah. the way. I was just saying last year when I went for that hair transplant in Turkey, it was like a seven-hour procedure and a fucking yeah. got needles in and out of your head. Yeah. Everyone was like, wasn't that painful? I fell asleep during it, probably because I was listening to a James Smith podcast <laughs> as well. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but I, I fell asleep, mate. I found it quite therapeutic because I was able to focus on something else. But the thing that helps me with anxiety and stress, and I know it's not the same with everyone, is because whatever I'm dealing with at that time, if I start to put myself in the mind space of that, it's my fault or everything is my fault, then at least... I can deal with it, or at least then I can make a decision rather than thinking it, it's out of my control. Because that's you what. Know, mate, that... Right, you're right. And the word that you use that kills a lot of people is fault and blame. Yeah. Right. All we're really saying is taking responsibility. Yeah. So it's just a, a reframing words, and he has another filter that I love for taking responsibility for situation, even for the way that you feel. It's our responsibility. Nobody else's. Yeah. yeah. Like to choosing to, to to lose your shit over somebody criticizing is your responsibility, not theirs. Right. Now. Another way that I love to describe, because you said blame and fault, and that would kill some people. That's that what I mean. Would, yeah, I know for some people, yeah. the headspace is fucked up. Language would fuck some people yeah. up and then hate themselves for it. But I'm like, okay, well, let's change the words to responsible. Responsible. That would still kill some people. Yeah. And here's all that. This is the way that I describe it now. That's just taking charge. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Instead of me saying depression's your fault, you're to blame for that depression. That would kill people. Some people. Some people need to hear, listen, you need to take responsibility for the way that you feel. It didn't happen by accident. You created it. It's not caught. It's not contagious. It's not the coronavirus. Right? <laughs> but then you can say, what if you just took charge of the way that you feel? What if you just take it? So there's four levels of that. Blame, fault, responsibility. And the one that works for everyone is take charge. Yeah, yeah take charge. It's powerful. Take charge. Just take charge of where your, where your focus is. So at, where attention goes, energy flows. What you, where you put your attention, you'll get the energy that goes with it. Yeah. yeah. Where attention goes, energy flows and results show. Yeah, because I think stress and anxiety massively comes from because you, you feel like you're, you've got no grip hold on the situation or you can't do anything about it. That's what yeah. can cause it because you just feel like it's being inflicted on you or whatever yeah. you do, you can't do anything about it. Yeah. 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 I think, my anxiety is my favorite. When people say my anxiety, I'm like, dude, it's not yours. You're experiencing an emotion. That's yeah. all. Yeah. And the thing is, the great thing is, is once you accept it and you're like, I'm taking charge of this, you can change the way you feel like that. Yeah. Like instantly. You can instantly change it. Depression, anxiety, feelings of lo- feeling low, et cetera, et cetera. And it is hard, by the way, but it's simple. It's hard, but it's simple. Mm-hmm. Di- everyone's like, I-, I could say it's easy, but it's not. Especially if you could, but it's down to training, mm-hmm. your level of training. I've got a lot of training in it, so it's easy for me. 
now. It's easy for a lot of guys that I work with, but it's just down to that level of training. And people people who create anxiety, they've just got a lot of training in creating anxiety. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. And same with depression, you've got a lot of training in creating it through your thoughts, through your actions, through... What I will say is that you're not in control of your thoughts, only the ones that you kind of put your attention on. Yeah, 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 yeah of course. I mean, also just come in, like we said at the start, they just come in. My negative voice will show up every now and again. And it's up to me what I, how I frame that. Yeah. Maybe it's an alarm clock. Maybe it's an alarm clock. So anxiety, you think about it's an alarm clock. Oh, there's me believing my own bullshit again. <laughs> is it, is it exactly the same? Yeah. There's me thinking I'm in danger again. Actually, it's just a bit uncomfortable. Yeah. 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 Where can I take my attention? Where can I take my attention? Because what I focus on will grow. I'll get what I'm focused on. It was exactly the same for me last year when we were at IFS because one of the big fears for me last year was was public speaking and something that we're doing more of and I was yeah. fucking I've done loads of this stuff in front of the camera like I've been going to Toastmasters but I was still shitting myself like doing yeah. certain events and yeah. you'll probably remember it because we were sitting around by the pool before we had our talk and you're like fucking hell you got two big like gin and tonics I think we were coming back from the other bar and I was just I was getting twatted just to take that fear or anxiety away yeah, so like I can get I can get a little bit fucking bougie and then I can go up and talk and I'll be alright with it is it ever as bad as what you think it's going to nah, be yeah nah. it's never Probably because yeah. it was probably because it was half pissed though when we did it. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> it was a tip, like fighting. Whenever I'm, when, whenever, whenever I caught, I've worked with a lot of guys who've had their first fights. Whatever it is, right? And I'm always like, listen, thinking about getting punched in the face is way worse than actually getting punched in the face. Yeah. Way worse because you think everything bad's gonna happen and, and it hurts a bit, but it's not as bad as like the thought of getting punched in the face. So yeah, yeah. and the and the public speaking thing, it's always a case of um, like usually a comparison thing I'm not going to be as good as so and so somebody in the yeah. crowd's better than me etc etc and the only way to get over that is we've already talked about loads of practice yeah yeah. You're fucking doing it and, and if you're going to be in the future thinking about it, at least prepare so I've got the whole day on Tuesday to prepare for my my talk on Friday there's a thousand people there it's a big gig for me they've given me a keynote slot Um. so if I'm going to be a little bit nervous I mean I'm, the thing is I'm excited about it do you still get yeah. nervous though doing that? Um, a little bit a little bit but I'm, I've practiced it I've rehearsed it I know what my slides are and I know that here's what you've got to think people are there to see you do well yeah. nobody's there to see you fail yeah, yeah. people want you to do well they're there for them not to see you fuck up yeah yeah, yeah. So, so so for me it's um, there is a little bit of nerves but you could also see that, that through the filter of actually, am I just fucking excited? Yeah. It's the same feeling, right? You know when you need a piss? Yeah. <laughs> it's the same feeling. It's the same physical feeling. It's just a filter. I'm like, yeah, maybe I'm nervous. And that's just, the, maybe it's just this. That's my body providing me with me. And that's my body providing me with the energy that I need to light this bastard up. It's the same thing, right? Think about the anxiety and the nerves. You're like, actually, that's just my body giving me the energy I need to fucking light this up. Yeah, it's yeah. that um, that excitement. It's funny you say that. I was at an event um, like two or three weeks ago in Leeds with um, you know Ann Middleton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he was, we were talking about like that that feeling of fear and stuff as well. But he was saying like now when I get that fear factor, I feel like I feel excited by it because I know that fear is going to challenge me to do something different to a, a space that I've never been before, and I know that 
I'm going to self-improve from that. And he talks a lot about in his book about um, I think it's like the fear bubble. So he was yeah. talking, he was talking about that in regards to when he's taking steps towards it and when he feels fear, he's excited by it. So yeah. when he's looking at that end goal point of what he wants to achieve, yeah. rather than seeing it as like the full journey, he'll take yeah. s- small step forward, small step forward. Yeah. And he was he was using it in comparison to like when he did uh, that mountain climb in the middle of winter when I can't remember what it was and like some scenario to when. You thought you were going to die. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like when he was doing things in the SAS, and when he he feel like physically he couldn't move forward because the fear was stopping him that much. So he was taking like baby steps, baby steps, baby steps until he looked at the point where he was looking back on how far he'd come, and it was easier to move forward to the end point than it was to go backwards. Yeah. So and I then, thought that was. Think quick. about this logically, right? You think about some of the greatest experiences and achievements of your life. Or on the other side of shitting your pants. Yeah, Almost everything that I've done, that was a big deal to me. That I might actually, yeah, that was a big win for me, was just on the other side of right before it, I was shitting my pants. Yeah. Having two kids, speaking on big stages, putting my book out there, um, having a boxing match, doing a jiu-jitsu comp. Almost everything that feels like an achievement for me is right on the other side of shitting my pants. Mm. That's so true. Isn't that crazy? Isn't yeah. that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that was just my and the thing about that was my body providing me with, with the energy that I needed to see it through. Amazing, eh? <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting when you spin your finger about like that. And if you get excited by fear, then also that's where good shit happens when you come from the other side of it. Yeah. Um, but on that note, mate, in, in, in terms of talking for a piss, I need one. So. Oh, hang, on. hang on, I want to come back. I've got another little bomb for you that I love. <laughs> Think about people say, like, be fearless in that, right? Yeah. You can't be fearless, it's non existent. But courage, right? Everyone wants to be courageous and will have courage. But courage can't exist without fear. That's a big thing for me. I'm like, if I want to be courageous and want to be powerful, courage can't exist without fear. Fear fear has to be there in order for courage to exist. I'm like, well, that's also powerful. And all these insights for me, all this shit that I've learned about, it just changes my filter. Like, I've just got a, I feel like I've just got a strong filter. And that's what you guys are getting as well now. Like, filters that I can change. Think about how quick you can change a filter on Instagram. I yeah. think you do that. I don't even know how. I've never, <laughs> never, ever put a filter on my Instagram. It's probably why it's so shit. <laughs> but you just do that, right? Don't yeah. you just scroll like that? And that's all you can do with your life. Just change the fucking filter. It's simple, but it takes practice. It takes training. So, yeah. Anyway, sorry, Ben, before I rudely interrupt you. No, it's fine. <laughs> so what, just before we go then, what would your... I know it's difficult to summarise it into like a couple of tips. If you're dealing with either self-criticism, yes. dealing with criticism from someone else... Self-doubt, yeah. fear. What would your three biggest tips be to deal with that? Up, up? Ask yourself, because we're talking about focus and attention. You get what you're focused on. What you focus on grows, where attention goes, energy flows, right? You've got to be able to ask yourself great questions. First of all, you've got to get it out of here. When it's in here, it's a fucking drama show, right? It's a horror show on repeat. It's like an episode of fucking EastEnders, right? Coronation <laughs> Street for you two. <laughs> <laughs> the Lancashire squad. Actually, what Lancashire, are you? Northwest, mate. Yeah, so it's it's a horror show here. So you've got to get it on paper and you've got to have great questions. Mm. So I've got four questions and I think are world-class questions that will change your state in any situation. One is how do you really feel? Like when you're struggling with feelings, you've got to ask yourself, how do I really feel? Because people lo- use some terrible language that fucking intensifies the feelings. So if we get it on paper, we turn it from a problem into a puzzle, right? Puzzles can be solved. And also, you'll strip away all of your bullshit. You'll strip away all the intensity. 
So that's what's that. How do you really feel? Well, I feel like my heart's going to explode. It's not, though, is it? Mm-hmm. I feel like the weight of the world's on my shoulders. It's not, though, is it? I feel like my life's falling apart. I'm like, it's not, though, is it? It's not. I feel like, uh, well, I feel like I'm, I'm out of control. You're not, though, are you? So what do you, not what do you feel like? When we say we're going to feel like, it's an analogy, right? Which means that it's bullshit. Yeah. Analogies are like made up things that are usually found in work of fiction. So how do you really feel? What emotion are you actually experiencing? Because none of those are emotions. Those words will add intensity to the whole fucking thing. Oh, I feel like I'm in the pit. I've said that. In the pit. I'm on my knees. You're not the way, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm stuck. You're not fucking stuck. I'm, lo- I'm so lost. I'm like, but you're not, are you? What emotion are you experiencing? Two, what does that mean? So let's frame it. What does that really mean? What does that mean? So that's getting clear on where you're at, right? Number three is, and this is such an important question, how do you want to feel? When we focus on how we don't want to feel, guess what we get? We get more of what we don't want. When you focus on, I don't want to feel anxious, I don't want to feel anxious, I don't want to feel anxious, guess what you get more of? More anxious. anxious. Yeah. I don't want this, I don't want criticism, I don't want criticism. You're going to get more. If you focus, and, and the thing is, if you're not putting out what you need to put out because you are worried about criticism, you just criticize yourself more. Yeah. And I'm telling you right now, criticism from someone else is nowhere near as bad as criticism from yourself. True. Nowhere near as bad, because you can laugh at it if you just understand that people are trying their best, right? They're doing it to make themselves feel better. And usually they'll fail. Also, they'll forget about the fact that they'll give you shit like two minutes later. They'll give you some shit that you think, fuck me, you let it take up your whole day. They forgot about it two minutes later because they're on to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? Anyway, so how do you want to feel? This is important because what we focus on grows. If we focus on how we want to feel, we can create a strategy for feeling that way. Then the next question, fourth question is, what are you willing to do to feel like that? So a lot of people don't know this, but there's a strategy for feeling any emotion you want. Think about that first emotion that we're currently experiencing. You've got a strategy for feeling like that. Whether you like it or not, and usually you're not even aware of it. Like guys that are talking about anxiety and depression, but they're on the sniff all weekend. I'm like, bro, <laughs> come on. Do you know what I mean? You, you, you're not feeling you're not feeling depressed by fucking accident, bro. You're not anxious by mistake. You've got a strategy. A lot of the time, we're just not aware of it. It's just easier to say my anxiety and all this kind of stuff. It is easy, but once you've got a strategy for getting out of that, you can flip it. So one, how do you really feel? Two. What does that mean? Three, how do you want to feel? Critical. Number four, what are you willing to do to feel like that? If that, if those are the only four things that people take away from this, then I'm happy because focus or your attention is controlled by the questions that you ask yourself. Love that. That's brilliant. I I don't have to note those ones down, mate, after we finish. But um, where then, if people want to see a bit more of you, matey, can people find more of Paul Moore? Oof, well... If you're still watching, that's a good sign. <laughs> Are you still listening? That's a good sign that you can handle my uh, abrasive nature. <laughs> Actually, do you know what? I'm not as bad as I used to be. I'm not as bad as I... I for some reason, Calm I think down. I'm getting, I think I'm getting, I think it's all the fucking meditation and yoga. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm growing a, I think I'm growing a vagina. Anyway, <laughs> go to Paul Mudd. That's got rid of everybody else. <laughs> PaulMudd.uk. Follow you on Instagram. Follow me on Facebook. Whatever. There's only one Paul Mudd. Cool. There's only one Paul <laughs> <laughs> So I think that I mean that wraps it up nice mate. We really appreciate you having me on the podcast this week. You've been Thank fucking you, awesome. Thank you, sir. Cheers, buddy.